I'm Richard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 207 for the weekend starting 16th February 2018. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, real technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, Zuma exits, but what now? Also this week, Standard Bank appears to be building an MVNO, Chrome expands ad blocking, and why crypto miners are undermining the search for aliens. Hmm, lots to talk about. Let's do it. Welcome to the show. How's it, Rechat? How's it, Duncan? So, Zoom exit has happened. Oh, man, I feel quite happy today. Like, there's just a, a sense of, I guess, slight euphoria in the air for me. Yeah, It's yeah. been coming for such a long time. Got up this morning, beautiful rains falling across Gauteng. Oh, yes, yes. General sense of positivity in the air. Um, I'm a yep. bit tired today, though, because I stayed up for the for the speech, which uh, started... The waffle, um, you mean. <laughs> started 45 minutes late. As is Zoom as want, never starts mm-hmm. anything on time. Um, but yes, we won't be subjected to his interminably boring speeches in Parliament anymore. And his, and his terrible ways of giving a speech. I mean, yes. I could barely sit through it. I mean, yes. I was you know, I was focusing on other things, actually. It was just, I couldn't. Yeah. And when he clears his throat, no, yeah. it's not how a president should be acting, guys. But as, as someone point, pointed out, uh, he really left this to the 11th hour. <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, lots of great jokes and memes doing the rounds already <laughs> yes, on the internet yes. this morning. Eleven, eleven TSR. But we'll, we'll talk a bit about Zuma in the in the podcast today, and specifically the um, what's going to happen with the Department of Telecoms and the Department of Communications, which of course Zuma split mm. in two after the last election, which was, has been a bit of a disaster. Uh, and um, it looks like those departments are going to be remerged, but uh, we'll get to that shortly. Before we do that, though, let's do our quiz. Do you want to do the first question? Rachel? Certainly, the first question in this week's quiz: Which ENCA reporter ended up interviewing people in the street after Jacob Zuma's resignation, only to have them use extreme coarse language on national television? <laughs> it was, <laughs> was very, very funny. funny. <laughs> Which regulatory authority looks set to green light Elon Musk's broadband satellite plan? Third question, which Samsung executive has been released from prison following his incarceration in a bribery scandal? The Mobile World Congress is happening in a couple of weeks' time. In which city does this mega telecommunications event take place? And the last question, how much money did Uber lose in the 2017 financial year? It's a lot. Hmm. Um, that's our quiz. As always, results at the end of the show, but let's dive straight into the news. So Zuma is gone. Insert large cheers here. <laughs> I was... Uh, I was kind of hoping that he uh, refused to resign because for, for two reasons. First of all, just for the spectacle of, of watching his humiliation in Parliament, which would have been great fun to see. Mm. And secondly, um, because if he had been uh, removed in a vote of no confidence, the entire cabinet would have been forced to resign. And I think that would have been a fantastic thing because we, we would have then had a completely clean slate, clean yeah. slate and Ramaphosa would have been in a position to immediately replace the ministers with ministers he wants. I think that process is now going to take some time mm. since the cabinet has not been forced to resign. However, I'm sure that Ramaphosa is going to reshuffle his cabinet in the not-too-distant future. Mm. Now, what's of interest to, to us, obviously, at Tech Central, is, um, is what's going to happen to the portfolios that affect the technology industry, and that's obviously the Department of Communications and the Department of Telecommunications and Postal Services. Uh, that the Department of Communications was split in two after the tw- which, which election was it the 2014 general election yes mm-hmm. uh, he split the, the the communications department in two he fired Eunice Karim as minister 
he appointed uh, Sia Bongo Tuele as the Minister of Telecoms and Postal Services, and he appointed Faith Mutambi as the Minister of Communications. Now, he's been heavily criticised for that decision ever since. Um, it's caused all sorts of issues and problems in terms of, you know, which entities report to which minister. ICAS has been particularly problematic because it reports to uh, the ministry, the Minister of Communications, whereas most of the work it does is kind of within the ambit of the Department of the Ministry of Telecommunications and Postal Services. Uh, it ran counter to the whole um, convergence mantra mm. that we've seen over the last five to ten years. Um, governments around the world have increasingly looked to create min integrated ministries of communications, not not go the other way around. Mm. And uh, we still don't know the full reasons about why he did it. You know, a lot of speculation was that he wanted a, a pliant minister to look after the SABC. Uh, he certainly got that in the form of Faith Mutambi, who did her very best to protect Claudine Motsoneng, who obviously um, was Zuma's praise singer. Uh, uh, we've seen, uh, uh, I think, three ministers in that department since then. Um, hmm. The Department of Telecoms has been more stable uh, with uh, Minister Tuele. Um, so the ANC held a, um, I think it was a policy conference towards the middle of last year, uh, and one of the uh, outcomes of that policy discussion um, was a recommendation, I don't even know if it was a recommendation, instruction, uh, that the uh, department, those two departments be remerged into a new super ministry of ICT. And I think that's going to be one of the first things that Ramaphosa does as president, is to remerge those departments and create the department of ICT. Yeah. And it can't come soon enough. Um, you know, the, the, the split in the department has caused just far, far too many problems. And um, uh, with the ANC already, I'm putting that forward as, as one of its policy decisions from last year's conference, I think it's going to be very easy for Ramaphosa to, to re-merge those departments soon. I wouldn't be surprised if, it ha if the announcement comes within the next few weeks. Um, the question is, who will be the minister? Um, I think Tuele would be keen, um, and I think he's in with a shot of getting it. Um, but um, my guess is that we'd probably have a new minister, uh, and I don't think that would be a bad thing. Um, in some respects, Tuele's done okay. But in, in many respects, he hasn't. Um, you know, the Electronic Communications Amendment Bill, which he's been the, um, he didn't write it, but he's been a, a, a very, a very um, loud cheerleader for it, um, is very problematic for the industry, and particularly for the mobile operators and investment in the mobile industry. So there needs to be a revisiting of that amendment act, and um, I think a new minister would do that. Um, who, who would be the minister? Um, I put out a question on Twitter last night asking this question, who, who would be good for the job and, or who do you think is going to get it? And um, a lot of names put forward. Stella and Debeni Abrams, who is uh, Wele's deputy at the moment. She's very young. She's a little bit of an unknown quantity. Um, very, very um, political woman. Um, but I don't know enough about her to be able to comment on whether she'd do a good job or not. She's very much been behind the scenes. Other names that I've seen put forward, Jackson and Tembu. Uh, I think, of course, Becker would have a heart attack if that <laughs> happened, <laughs> given Jackson and Tembu's views on, on multi-choice and encryption and all the rest of it. Um, but he's certainly been very vocal. He certainly understands the broad... I think he, he has a reasonable understanding of the broadcasting side of things. I don't know if he really understands the issues in the broader ICT space, though. Mm -hmm. So that could be problematic. Um, and um, Hilton Tarrant, uh, who writes for MoneyWeb, um, came up with a very interesting name and I think possibly a very good appointment, and that's Nkenke Kekana. Um, not a lot of people know him. Uh, he's an old ANC guy, uh, very much in the Gauteng ANC, 
Um, I think he's a, seen as a strong backer of Paul Mashatile, who's the new Treasurer General of the ANC. Um, very strong in the sort of Gauteng ANC region and a strong backer of Ramaphosa's. Mm. Now, he's, um, he, he's got extensive experience in the sector. He was a former Parliamentary Portfolio Committee Chairman on, on, uh, on Communications. Uh, he's invested in the sector, in, certainly in the past. Um, I, I know he's very close to, um, um, to, to Isaac Mopatlane, the former CEO oh, yeah. of, um, of Business Connection, and, of course, his late brother, Ben Mopatlane. Uh, and um, he understands the issues. He has d- degrees in, in telecommunications policy. Um, on paper, he looks like a very good choice, and I think he's a moderate. Um, I don't think he's going to come up with radical things that might damage the industry. So I thought um, I thought Hilton's suggestion that he, that he could be uh, in with a, in with a um, strong possibility of taking over the, this new ministry of ICT is a good one. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, let's watch the space and see what happens. But there are quite a few names that could get put forward there. Ramaphosa could decide to keep Huele. I don't know if he will. Um, uh, I think the, the industry, certainly the big operators, the big mobile operators like Vodacom and MTN will be hoping that um, Cyril's uh, um, elevation to the presidency will um, have a positive impact on them and on the telecommunications industry because, of course, he was a former chairman of MTN for many years mm. and so uh, understands a lot of the issues in the industry. Um, and, you know, with the talk about the wholesale open access network and giving that all the spectrum and all that sort of thing, there could be a direct lobbying effort now by the mobile operators to um, have a fundamental rewrite of the Electronic mm. Amen- Communications Amendment Bill. Um, and um, I suspect that will be happening, that, that, that lobbying process. Oh, yeah. And if we've got a new minister, then we could see a whole revisiting of this thing, which I think would be a good thing. Um, Definitely. We need, we need, I guess, <coughs> with this change, you know, we can't have in, these, in some of these key positions, I think it's, it's, it's only going to be a good thing to have fresh blood coming in, mm. new thinking. Because um, what we've seen with, you know, just coming back to the whole Zoom, what, Zoom exit, Zoom exit, Zoom exit um, yeah. is that I think what Ramaphosa needs to do now is to show the country that, you know, he's, he, he's obviously seen where the issues is. He knows what the country needs and he needs to make the changes accordingly, mm-hmm. um, you know, to bring fresh blood in. And so that the South African people, you know, don't feel like, you know, people that are left that are still part of the corruptibles yes. um, is in these positions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what this new ministry can do. I mean, new energy, um, common sense when it comes to, you know, the things that they need to execute on, mm-hmm. you know, make sure that the industry and the people of South Africa win at the end of the day, not, yes. not lose like we've been doing for the last decade. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you're right. There's a, there's a new feeling of positivity around, and um, let's hope Ramaphosa takes advantage of that, and uh, we see a, a cabinet shake-up soon. We still don't know if Malusi Gigaba will be delivering the budget speech next Wednesday. <laughs> I suspect he probably will. I don't know if he'll stay on as the finance minister yeah. in the long term, yeah. though. But he's certainly done all the work on the budget, so I think it makes sense for him to deliver the budget speech. Um, whether he stays on, you know, he's he's accused of being a Gupta enabler when he was the minister of public enterprises. So he, he's tainted. Um, he's doing his best to, um, to um, be seen to be a Cyril supporter and on the side of the um, of what's right, uh, and you know he he was on CNN the, the night before Zuma's resignation, saying Zuma is going to go, he must go. Mm. Um, you know I don't, he he he's, he plays the political wins very well, uh, but um, there's a good chance he's going to be shifted out. 
There's a lot of deadwood in the cabinet, of course, as well, yeah. that needs to be cleaned out as a matter of urgency. People like Faith Mutambi, who's now the Minister of Public Service and Administration, if you can believe that, uh, needs to be fired. <laughs> um, uh, Lynn Brown, the Minister yeah. of Public Enterprises, a Gupta enabler, needs mm. to be fired. Mose Benzizwani, the Minister of Mineral Resources or Mining, I'm not sure what that department's called now, um, very clearly a Gupta enabler, needs oh, yes. to be fired. Uh, there's a long list of, of people who need to be cleaned out of that cabinet. Um, and I've, I think he's going to do it. And yeah, I He has to show that he's, he's going to make change because yeah. I think everything's out in the air. I'm, I was quite surprised that, um, you know, with the, with the Gupta raid yesterday, it was yesterday morning, the it was, compound yes. raid. Mm. I mean, all of these things kind of came at a very convenient time, all kind of coming together. Somebody had somebody played the right cards at the right time, <laughs> yes. which is, I guess, good for us now ultimately. But it just shows you, you know, the people who benefit from stuff like this, the mm. broader political government, world domination, you know, the people that, that benefit from these things are, you know, are playing a game behind the scenes, you know, with, them, with their money or with the money that they have, uh, that yeah. they can empower. I think the Hawks have been sitting on this Gupta thing for a, for a long time, uh, possibly under instruction not to act. Yeah, probably. And uh, now they're freed. So we're starting to see some things happen pretty quickly. I was interested to see Nazim Hawa, the former CEO of Oak Bay and... and, and uh, fixer behind the scenes um, at uh, places like Sahara and ANN7, etc., um, uh, sitting in the court in Bloemfontein mm-hmm. this morning. Um, uh, there was a report in the Star this morning that Atul Gupta um, was um, tried to flee the country yesterday. He um, went to, according to the Star, went to Lanseria Airport and wanted to leave the country on a private jet. And uh, the pilot of the plane refused to take him. Fantastic. <laughs> and I saw that. I Great thought, stuff. give that man a bell. Give that man a bell, yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, warrants of arrest are out. I was actually just listening to um, to uh, ra- radio broadcast on the way in here. Um, and a guy from the Hawks was saying that they've arrested eight people and hmm. five are still outstanding. Apparently two of them in the country, three abroad. Uh, India, I think they are. India or, uh, and or Russia, uh, their locations. They're working with the authorities over there, Interpol, um, to to get these guys back. But uh, isn't it just wonderful to see the Guptas and their associates in the dock in yes. a courtroom in South Africa? I was I starting mean, to think we'd never see that day. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's almost, uh, I guess, and the other side also, it's a bit frustrating because we've all known this stuff has been going on for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been some exceptional journalism being yeah, done. Jacques Poe's book, few, of course, was uh, yes. um, key to all of this. I guess the big thing here is we can't let this happen again. You know, those kind of people and people that are corruptible, you can clearly see what an impact that can have on a country. Yes. Um, I think, you know, the new presidency under Cyril Ramaphosa needs to be, I guess, extra vigilant with this type of thing, especially yeah. when employing new people and, and the people that they bring close to them yeah. so that they're not corruptible. You've got to put the right people in the right positions, which Zima wasn't doing. I mean, he was putting compromised people like Tom Moyani at the head of SARS. Um, I mean, you don't mess with an organization like SARS. And, and yeah, I mean, we're now sitting on a 50 billion rand plus budget deficit is probably going to be much higher that, than mm-hmm. that when the budget speech is read next week. Um, you've got to have the people with absolute integrity leading that organization. Um, Praveen Gordhan did a fantastic job yeah. as SARS commissioner. And um, yeah, you just, you've got to, I don't know, I think you've just got to, you've, Ramaphosa is going to have to do a lot of cleaning out. Um, he's probably going to make a lot of enemies in the process. But, yeah, you've got to start at the top, and uh, the guy at the top is now gone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, hopefully we'll s- the balance here. will swing back to the middle now. I mean, it's been, it's been you know, far 
too much on the one side, mm. you know, after after '94, it swung yeah. completely the other way in many ways. You yeah, know? Um, and yeah, I'm very uh, excited. Yeah, yeah. I think I suppose we also have to we have to be wary of of, of becoming too enthusiastic and too mm. optimistic about these mm. things. Um, let, let's remember that it was the ANC that enabled this president in the first place. The same political party is still in power. Um, Sure, there's a new bunch of guys in charge. These, the, you know, the new president appears to be clean and, and incorruptible, um, and there's no doubt that things are pointing in the right direction now. But this is the same p- political party that enabled Zuma and everything he did. I heard a comment, and I can't, I, I don't know who this was from, but somebody said that the, you know, the the ANC um, party, their members, they don't expect from them to think with or the vote with their conscience. They expect them to vote what they tell them to vote the collective which is always which has always bugged me you know the, <laughs> the whole thinking that here's a government with people that are supposed to be thinking for themselves to do the best they can within their portfolio taking instruction yeah and at and the end of the day they're just voting what they're told which yeah. kind of seems defined to the whole purpose of mm. you know, a government of yeah. a democracy I mean if you look at look at the British Parliament um, you often find that members of the same party don't vote with the, with, with the way the mm. Prime Minister wants them to vote and they'll defy her uh, or him, uh, and and it's happened on many occasions. Um, the, the rebel MPs, I think they call them. Um, you know, they they vote against uh, or contrary to um, the, the the wishes of the prime minister or or the general view of the party. As long as and they don't interest. get punished and fired for doing that, which is fantastic. Because I mean, their job is to uh, you know whatever. I guess, what, if I, for lack of a better word, portfolio they're looking after, mm. um, you know, they need to do the best they can to make sure that that is the best version of that job that they can do. Um, and if it's voting against what your boss tells you because you believe that this is the best way yeah. forward, you know, that's the kind of people we want. You know, think for yourself and yes. and really bring change rather yeah. than, you know... And, of course, there were quite a few of those in the ANC who voted... Uh, to have Zuma removed at the last vote of no confidence in Parliament. That was obviously a secret ballot, so we don't know who they were, mm. but we can mm. just we can we can we can guess that they included people like Derek Harnacom and Pravin Gordon, mm. um, who have spoken out very publicly against Zuma. Which uh, also which begs another question I've always wondered about: Why isn't all votes secret? I mean, there's obviously a reason why you don't make your vote secret because you you want to keep these people in line, right? Mm. If it if it wasn't an issue again, you know, a secret vote is much is is yeah. seemingly the way to do it because yeah. you don't want to be intimidated for your. I don't think it's secret in the UK, and people vote anyway. They vote they vote according sure, to their conscience. Sure, but I guess the broader system works much better there. Yeah, it's a much more mature environment. Mm. Um, it's still a very young democracy. True that. True that. But uh, I think we've got some exciting times ahead. Um, so quite a few people I've seen on Twitter saying uh, our politics is going to get so boring now. Um, first of all, boring isn't bad. Yeah. And so, secondly, I don't think it's going to get boring. There's, uh, there's still a lot of cleanup to come. And uh, I think uh, we're going to be seeing he- headlines about what exactly yeah. happened under the Zoom administration for many years to come uh, as, um, you know, as things start to get cleaned up and, and sorted out, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And people being brought to book who, who, who deserve it, you know, people that were part of this problem, yeah. part of the, the, the Zuma, uh, what's it, the Zuma cabinet, uh, yes. the Zuma train. Um, yeah, the hangers-on yeah. and the enablers and all the rest of them. Um, of course, Zuma's not off the hook at all. He, um, he's he got uh, impending case of corruption, 783, probably going to be more by the time he comes to court. Uh, so we could yet see him in the dock. Um, he must be a worried man right now. I wonder what he thinks his next steps are. 
he doesn't have his protection. Well, he did claim that uh, black uh, black people are not like white people. They don't they don't st- allow stress to get to them. But I think he's he's very stressed. I think he's very stressed. Um, yeah. Yeah. He has to be. Uh, Everybody around him is starting to fall. I mean, uh, I guess there's a good, the Guptas are going to sing like canaries. Oh uh, yeah, I mean they won't be no. loyal. Yeah, no loyalty among thieves like that. I think. <laughs> Anyway, fascinating times ahead. Um, what's the time now? Hoppest one. Zuma, Hoppest one on Thursday afternoon. Zuma is getting sworn in as our new president in exactly 30 minutes' uh, time. Ah, sorry, Ramaphosa. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't go back 10 years and we didn't. <laughs> wasn't a time warp, okay. Yeah. So, new president by the time you listen to this podcast. And uh, the talk is the State of the Nation address will be delivered tomorrow night, Friday evening. Yeah. In Parliament. Um, I'll be, uh, it's a Friday night, but I'll be watching. Um, Beer in hand, we will have to. And yeah, look, at this This is going to be, if it does it right, it's going to be a big occasion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he set, set the record. Very straight. interesting to see, because that speech is going to set the tone for his presidency, or at least his first year in office. Yeah. Um, and, and I think he's going to want to, to get off the ground quickly. And it, it'll be very interesting to hear what he has to say about corruption, about fixing state-owned enterprises, um, and all the other challenges that he's got. Um, and, and then how quickly he... He won't announce a new cabinet at the State of the Nation, but I, I think that may come very quickly, possibly just after the budget. It'll, be, it'll de- definitely be in his interest to do it quickly. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, as soon as possible. Yeah. Uh, get rid of that rot. Yes. Of course, we'll be following... We'll be watching very closely any news on, on uh, plans to remerge communications and telecoms and who the new minister might be. Finally. Right. Um, let's move on. Standard Bank. Uh, we broke a story this week, actually, that Standard Bank appears to be building a mobile virtual network operator. Um, they've hired Steve Bailey, mm-hmm. ex-Virgin Mobile CEO, and of course the guy who started MVNX, the company that does mobile virtual, quite a mouthful, this mobile <laughs> virtual network enablement. Um, basically, they build MVNOs on behalf of companies. And they launched Mr. Price Mobile. Uh, what else did they do? That's um, still going, Mr. Price Mobile. I think so. Boxel, um, Afrikaans, MVNO. <laughs> um, what else have they done? Boxel. Boxel, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a, cu- a couple of big names they've, they've, they've enabled, and, and some smaller ones, like Me and You Mobile. Oh. Uh, and so he's joined Standard Bank. He joined towards the end of last year. And um, my understanding, talking to various sources, um, uh, not to um, Steve because he's not talking mm-hmm. uh, and Standard Bank isn't commenting either but um, my sources in the industry say they are hiring uh, telecom skills quite aggressively and they are looking to build an MVNO which is very interesting because two years ago two and a half years ago I spoke to Peter Schlierbusch who is the um, I think he's the head of retail and business banking I could be wrong there at Standard Bank and uh, he said uh, they had looked at the MVNO model and decided against it so something's changed in the last two and a half years um, where they now believe it makes sense to do it. And, of course, there is another big bank that's already launched an MVNO in South Africa, and that's FMB, FMB Connect, uh, which I believe has done reasonably well. Um, I don't know what – I don't have the latest numbers, but I think they've got in the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of customers. It's the devices too. I like the, the angle where they had made the devices available. I'm sure Standard mm. Bank will look at that angle too. I'm sure they will, yeah. Um, they own, bra- own branded devices, which yeah. unfortunately are, are network locked, but uh, – mm. Uh, which I've criticised them heavily for in, in, in a <laughs> yeah, previous yeah. podcast, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's qu- quite exciting to see a major brand like this coming into the market, and they're the biggest retail bank in South Africa by customer numbers, so um, in a strong position to mm. to leverage that that base. I think the last set of uh, retail customer numbers I saw was 11.8 million. Sure, that's a yeah. that's a big number. Um, you you convert 
10% of that and you've got a meaningful MVNO. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that space. Um, it's probably a bit early in terms of uh, expecting any news in the next few weeks, but uh, I, I, would, I would expect later this year that we're going to see some sort of announcement from, from Standard Bank, mm. given the um, people that they're hiring there, given that Steve Bailey is, is uh, on their payroll now. Uh, that can only mean one thing. Um, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Standard Bank MVNO, I wonder what it'll be called. Um, Standard Bank Mobile sounds a bit dull. Mm. Um, they always had Blue. Remember Blue Bean? Blue Bean, yeah, uh, that was a very cool brand. Maybe they call cool. it Blue Mobile or something. Blue Mobile, that could be a cool mm. name. Should mm. we give them, should we allow them to take these ideas and, and execute with them without royalties? Without we royalties. Can throw, we, can throw, <laughs> we can throw a lot of names out here. Yeah, no, with, with royalties. <laughs> with royalties, yes. Um, we, maybe we should uh, register the trademark. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. Register, bl- yeah, blue cell. That's it. I'm sure he's second. Blue cell, yeah, blue label telecoms. I'm sure has registered that. Mm. Blue, blue mobile. Yeah, they may have a problem with blue label. There may be a conflict there. But hmm. uh, keep an eye on that space. Interesting to see the MVNO market starting to take off in South Africa. The big question, of course, is um, who, which network are they going to use? Yes. There was a rumor two, two, three years ago when when it was when they were looking at it back then, that they were going to partner with MTN. And in fact, Batuman Tleko, the former CEO of MTN, said at the time they were working with a financial services partner to launch an MVNO. So my guess is that they were talking to Standard Bank. Um, the talk in the market, and this is really unconfirmed, so um, you know, don't, don't take this as gospel, but the talk that I've picked up, stompies as I like to call <laughs> them, um, is that they are uh, talking to Vodacom, um, which would be very interesting because Vodacom's never done an MVNO before. Mm. Neither has MTN for that matter. Um, but I guess if you have a big enough customer, you will consider it. I yeah. Mean, Standard Bank being that. Yeah. So my, my guess is it's either it's either Celsi or, or Evo Vodacom. Celsi is the most obvious one because they've yeah, got the MVNO yeah. platform. They have facilitated the launch of so many MVNOs in South Africa. Every MVNO in this market right now, without exception, mm. is on Celsi. But if Standard Bank wants to differentiate themselves, I mean, it's, a, it's mm. a, I would say the kind of saturated market, and not saturated, but it's, it, there's a lot of players in the MVNO yeah. market. They want to really differentiate themselves. I think going with one of the operators and, and starting something like that with them yes. will give them a big one-up, um, not just for the basic like, coverage and that kind of thing, but yeah. I think just in terms of a partnership, you know, it's, it's definitely a, you're playing a different ball game. And I guess when it comes down to rands and cents, you'll probably be able to be more efficient and make more money working yes. with the bigger operator because you're cutting out essentially yeah. the middleman. Yes. And I, th- I think Vodacom might be more open now to an MVNO than they might have been in the past, especially with all the pressure in terms of the electronic communications amendment bill and opening mm. their network to wholesale partners and all that sort of thing. Um, it, it might be good um, PR at the very least for them to have a yeah. partner like yeah. that on their books. And, and of course, working with a company the size of Standard Bank means that this project could could be very successful. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see who who they really have partnered with. Um, I, maybe they haven't even signed any deals yet. It may be that that early in the process. But an MVO, MVNO, we will definitely see from Standard Bank. Mm. It looks that way. Yeah, they might pull the plug on it before they go live. But uh, given the amount of investment they're putting in, that uh, I hear they're putting in, mm, mm. it sounds like they've given the go, the green light to it. But as I said, Standard Bank is saying absolutely nothing about it right now. Got a very by saying nothing, they could be saying a lot too. Yes, I, I got a very terse <laughs> no, no comment when I inquired about it. We need to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Honey, why can't I download any more series? Dad, my game just bombed. Daddy, 
I was speaking to Kevin and my cord just cut out. With uncapped Vox Fiber to the home, reaching your cap is a thing of the past. You can have all your devices connected all the time. Get unlimited browsing, unlimited calling, and unlimited entertainment. Vox Fiber. Now uncapped. T's and C's apply. For more information, visit vox.co.za. Bitco is revolutionizing the way businesses connect. We're taking on your connectivity challenges and shooting our high-speed fiber internet across the country. Not just for some, but for everyone. Fiber is not a luxury, but a necessity. For business, for life, for you. And being connected is everything. So network with a tier one internet provider and take your business to the next level of connectivity. Bitco.co.za. Connectivity is everything. Welcome back to the show. How's it, Rehat? What's up, Duncan? What's up? What's up is Chrome is adding <laughs> uh, ad blocking uh, or expanded ad blocking yes. to its web browser. Uh, when I saw the headline, I thought, oh, my word. Um, you know, because I'm a publisher and uh, we, um, have ads, we have uh, ads. Yeah. We rely on advertising. It's our business model. Um, but once I had a look at what exactly Chrome was doing, um, I w wasn't concerned at all. In fact, what they're doing is they're, they're simply going to be blocking the most offensive sort of advertising you see on the Internet, like these horrible pop-up ads yeah. up here that w won't allow you to view a website until you've waited 30 seconds or something like that. I think they're called inter interstitial ads. Mm. Um, the, and you know, on on the web, you've got you know some websites engage in in, in um, you know horrible ads that yeah, yeah no. that just ruin the user experience. Um, at Tech Central, we conform to all of the the, the standards that that Google. Um, I forget what the name of the standards is, but Google's got. Yeah, the ad guidelines. There's an industry, the ad gu industry ad guidelines on how in online advertising should work, and we conform as Tech Central to that completely. Uh, and I'm sure most um, serious publishers do the same. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, some websites, some blogs, some uh, so, some websites really do take advantage. And, and some of that, th those ads can be malware um, yeah. that, in fact, um, run scripts to d use your pro your computer for crypto mining and <laughs> that sort of thing. So um, I, I'm quite in favor of, of Google introducing the sort of limited ad blocking for the most offensive type of ads because it improves the user experience of everyone on the internet. It's almost like the first line defense, you know, getting, getting rid yeah. of that. Uh, there's a lot of these guys, you know, the pop-ups are, are bad, but even, you know, once you browse, scroll down to the bottom and then you have like three or four ads popping up because, you know, they, they're tracking where you are on the page. Yes. Yeah, no, th hopefully this will make a bit of a dent in that because, yeah. you know, I, I guess you can, uh, I run a normal pop-up blocker, which works fantastically. But again, you know, it's it's third-party apps, mm. uh, you know, which I clean from time to time. I actually think I disabled it in my last uh, um, update. So yes. it'll be nice to have something natively built in. Yes. Gives it extra level of protection. Yes. Stuff for moms and pops too, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm in two minds about ad blockers. Um, I mean, ads fund important journalism, mm. and um, uh, I, I, I use an ad blocker, but um, I, I whitelist a lot of sites in that ad blocker. Um, so uh, sites that are doing good journalism, I, I will whitelist list mm. them, and um, and in fact. Uh, any site that pu is publishing news and is providing free news, I tend to whitelist. Yeah. Um, I, I just put on the ad blocker to, to stop those nasty ads on, on non-news sites, non-reputable news sites. Yes. Uh, and um, I've, I've been giving some thought to the idea of having a, um, some sort of message on Tech Central. If you're using an ad blocker and you're blocking our ads, 
um, asking people, asking visitors to disable it. I see the Daily Maverick has started doing that. You go onto the Daily Maverick's website and there's a little pop-up that appears uh, if you're using an ad blocker and it asks you to disable it. And if you don't, uh, well, you can click on an option saying, uh, I think it says, no journalists deserve to go hungry. And you yes. click on that. <laughs> That's cool. Um, uh, I, I mean, two minds about whether to do that either. Mm. Um, but surely you can detect when a user has an ad blocker yes, on you can. and then serve them that ad, not everybody that lands. Is that what you're saying? Yes, you no, that's how it works. Guys. Okay, that's yeah, how it yeah. works, yeah. Um, it's, it's quite simple to detect. And, uh, and, and there are plenty of, um, uh, you know, if you're using WordPress, for example, there are yeah. plenty of plugins that yeah. you can use to detect. I think you should. I mean, you know, how, how much have we debated around paywalls and why mm. and why it's a problem, but also kind of it's needed in the modern age of yeah. um, the media. Uh, I don't think it's 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 unfair to ask these things, you know, of people. Mm. You know, Koi, what's the alternative? Bring up a paywall, and you, we don't want we, you don't want to do that. You don't it's want to. It's not the alternative. It's not the solution. Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. So yeah. Anyone listening to our podcast who uses an ad blocker on Tech Central, please whitelist us. <laughs> yeah. Rather use a pop up blocker. That's the stuff that you really want yes. to be worried about. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I support Google in this move. Um, mm. and, and Google, of course, isn't going to ban, you know, isn't going to implement a full on ad blocker in Chrome because Google is an no, advertising the ad business. Network, yeah. They're an advertising business. Um, but, yeah. Doing that a little bit to make, to make the web a more, a more pleasant experience. Place, yeah, yeah. 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 So, Rechot, you came across this story. Uh, it looks quite fun. Um, mm -hmm. Crypto miners are undermining the search for aliens. <laughs> Tell us a bit more about <laughs> Never this. Never thought those words would all be coming in the same sentence. But, yes, yeah, so, you know, um, I mean, we've been talking about crypto mining and I, I guess the impact that on graphics cards, uh, the fact that graphics cards are more expensive and very difficult to get to because they're so much more efficient at um, running running these algorithms or running these uh, scripts that obviously uh, identify or, or uh, what's what I'm looking for calculate whatever needs to be calculated. Mm. So one of the uh, sorry I'm just tr trying to find my link here which I think I may have closed. But one of so one of the stories that came out uh, recently was um, that the SETI guys are running into a bit of a problem because they don't have they can't get hold of graphics cards. Yeah. Um, so you know SETI uh, basically has an open source platform where anybody can run the the SETI software on their computer and use their own hardware um, to detect signals for 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 aliens. But SETI also SETI at Berkeley's uh, Institute also has their own range of computers that they're running. Obviously, all of the um, search for alien life on. So yeah, on the website motherboard uh, from Vice. Um, they basically reported that SETI is now you know, running into a bit of a problem. They're slowing down. Their efforts are slowing down because they simply can't uh, you know, stay up the pace with uh, graphics cards in their computers you know, to, to dissect these, uh, these signals coming into their, to their servers. It's a bit of an interesting story, but I guess something that we've um, kind of come to expect from the cryptocurrency, like this weird offspin, you know, mm. the fact that something we, we kind of took for granted graphics cards is kind of becoming a, a rare commodity they're rare as hen's <laughs> teeth yeah <laughs> they can't make them fast enough it's a big problem it's a big problem indeed cool um that's our news this week um let's move on to our regular features uh our winner this week i thought uh, uh let's just make the whole country the winner <laughs> yeah zuma stepped down of course the rand 
has strengthened yes. considerably. I thought it was 1165 this morning. I'm not sure what it's uh, doing now. Let me just open up XE.com and have a look. Currently trading 1166. So it's at its strongest levels in about three years. And of course, that's going to translate into cheaper technology for us yes. nerds. <laughs> and buying stuff online from overseas. Exactly. I subscribe to so many online services and I will see a massive reduction in my monthly mm. uh, credit card bills to these services, including mm. Dropbox and all these guys. Me too. Yeah. Every little, you know, one or two rand makes a massive difference if you have 220 of these services yes. running. Yes. Yeah, so, exciting stuff. So exciting. You see, you see the rand on the, on, the, um, on, on the advance for a change. And I'll lose it this week for obvious reasons is um, what I shall collectively call the Zuptas. The Zuptas. Um, no, I think we don't need to say any more on that. We've uh, spoken about it plenty in this podcast already. Uh, what's your pick this week, Richard? So I've been playing on my Android phone for a little while. I've, I've, I've always been a fan of tower defense games. You know what those are, right? You yes. have a, a path of enemies running towards you or running through, and you need to build a set of towers or whatever. I mean, there's various games that play on this concept. Now, the one that I came across is called Kingdom Rush, um, which... Is, is basically just one of those games. Um, but it's a hell of a lot of fun to play. It's the kind of thing that you can just start up um, start up and run. I mean, it's a beautiful game. Oh, I'm just trying to show uh, Duncan over here. Select the play mode. And as the, as the game loads, you, I mean, you obviously have various uh, levels, uh, waves that you have to defend against. But your job is to build various little towers um, to defend your... Your, your kingdom essentially from everybody that's going to come and attack it so you know basically I can build so I'm just going to build a archery well a bunch of arrow guys it's an RPG archery. basically um, no it's a it's, it's a it's a tower defense game so it's um, uh, it's not it's not uh, strategy so much as what it is or well, it's a strategy game rather than okay. sorry strategy rather than action game so I've built uh, my tower I, why is these guys not coming oh I paused it no I didn't Anyway, as soon as I've built two guys, uh, I think the go. much more important question here, Richard, is oh, whether you go. are falling for Android. <laughs> 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 no, look, I mean, there's, it's, it's, I, I, uh, yes, I've moved to Android now. I really enjoy the experience. There's a lot of things I do miss on my um, iPhone. I Such do have as? my iPhone still, yeah, on the side for certain things. I guess the way certain things work, the way that I switch between apps, it's just I haven't been used, got used to oh, it. Oh, just need like, to get used just, to it. Yeah. It's just a use, use, mm. getting used to things. Um, but yeah, no, Android is is big love of my life right now. So that's Kingdom Rush. Um, I couldn't show you a proper demo. It was taking a bit long to load. No problem. Um, but yeah, so basically you have a bunch of guys running through your, your kingdom and you need to kill them all with various tools at your disposal. And obviously, the more you level up, the better your your cool. tools become and your weapons become. So it's a last game to pick is up. Is it an system. Android exclusive or is it available on other um, It's Android and iOS. And iOS. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right, cool. We'll include a link in, in, in the show notes to the Android version. Um, my, my pick this week is, um, I'm just going to actually pick as a broad category and then d dive down a bit, but my, my broad category pick this week is mechanical keyboards. Um, I was always a bit skeptical. Um, you know, mechanical keyboards mm. were those things you used to use when you had a, an old Commodore or something like that, <laughs> or, uh, one of those old IBM machines. Uh, and, um, you know, we moved to these soft touch keyboards years ago. Oh, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was a bit skeptical. I'm doing a bit of research on them, and I decided to, to, to take the plunge. So I bought a mechanical keyboard. And my word, I should have done it a long time ago. I can type at least 10 words a minute faster. I did some online um, typing tests. Um, the but what, why is that? Is this because the, the I don't know. It's just the, it feels so feel. much sturdier as you type. It feels more sturdy, and I don't know. It's just I can type so much quicker. I did tons of research on this, and um, there are different types of, of um, 
uh, I forget what they call this, a more mechanic that sits underneath the key. Um, there's a company called Cherry Corporation that makes these. Um, and they could get different... Like a little dampener almost. Like yeah, exactly. Plastic, uh, I think it's the steel, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, but it's steel, right. or, or aluminium or some sort of metal. Uh, I suppose it depends on the keyboard. But um, there are different colors to denote different types of key feelings. So you get cherry red, which is the one favored by gamers where there's no f- reaction at all. Um, so super fast uh, response. Mm, mm. Um, so a lot, of the mechan- a lot of the mechanical keyboards that are sold in the market for gamers are cherry red. Okay. Uh, of the cherry red type and I, I did a lot of research you get cherry blue cherry brown etc and I did a lot of research and I went decided to go for cherry brown um, type keys uh, because they apparently provide the optimal mix between gaming responsiveness mm-hmm. and typing and um, I went to the shop and played around with a few of them and uh, cherry brown is the one I decided to go for now if you're a gamer you're probably going to get, want to get cherry red ty- the cherry red type but cherry, cherry brown is beautiful and it's, I can type so quickly on it I must check it out if you, if you work in an office environment and you've got colleagues close to you um, you probably don't <laughs> want to buy one of these keyboards because they're probably going to kill you uh, because they make a lot of click, 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 clickety clack sounds as you type away um, they're not quiet like like uh, uh, yes, like yes. like uh, like the old IBM those big white ones. Exactly, you hear them from a mile exactly. away. It's away. a very similar concept, but these keyboards have made such enormous progress. The, the keyboard I went, I went for a bit of a Rolls Royce solution. I got the Corsair K95 Platinum. Nice, um, beautiful keyboard, full RGB um, and programmable. So, so now there's a rave happening in your desk. Yeah, day. pretty much yes. <laughs> so when my computer goes to sleep, the keyboard lights up in the spiral rainbow effect. Um, oh, cool. It's programmable with 16 million colors. You can create your own uh, effects on the keyboard. You can download effects. Wow. Um, you can download effects from the internet. So people create their own. You can download them. Um, but you can do all sorts of cool things. So the one I, I like to use is um, as I'm typing, um, it lights up the keys in different random colors. Uh, and then it fades away. And you can select the period of time for the fade away. I think mine's set to oh, about five seconds. Cool. So as you type, you type a sentence. And you look down at your keyboard and you see a whole bunch of keys have lit up in rainbow colors. Uh, and then it fades away. Um, now, uh, you know, this is a bit overboard, I think. really? You can get a lot cheaper option than the one I went for and, uh, and um, ones that don't light up um, and, yeah, make your desktop look like a disco. Um, but they're pretty cool. And you can buy, uh, you can download um, uh, color combinations that work with games that you want to play, for nice, example. Yeah. So um, you, really you cool. can have on-screen, sorry, you can have on-keyboard lighting effects uh, depending on what's happening on the screen as you play the game. That is very cool. Mm. Is very cool. Um, but fully programmable and, uh, um, yeah, it, 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 it appeals to the kid in me, I so, must say. So when you buy, do you, with those cherries, do you do you buy the keyboard and say, I want this keyboard with a cherry brown? Yes. Or do you buy those cherry brown separately? No, you buy, your keyboard oh, is okay. manufactured according so to like the type different of... different yeah. product. Okay. Exactly. Um, so uh, I think the, the K95 Platinum, for example, which I got, um, has brown and red options. Um, oh, so I if you see. want this as a, if you want to buy that as a as a full on gaming keyboard, uh, then get the red. Okay. Um, if you if you know if you want the ultra high responsiveness etc. for for very fast um, um, FPS shooters, um, mm. that's the keyboard you want to go for. But if you do a mix of typing and a bit of gameplay, like I do then um, the brown is probably the better option. But go to a computer store and, and type on them and see what, what you like before you make a purchase. I would be interested to see what, because mm. the, the keys look much different. I mean, it's an old-looking keyboard, right? It looks like those old keys. Yeah. Those, they're very raised. I'd be interested to see how I type on them now, because I've been used to a Mac keyboard for the last, what, 10, 15 years now? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm definitely going to try this out. It, it took me a few minutes to get used to it, but um, you know, with with within within a few minutes, I was touch typing away. I was uh, on gaming like a champion, and <laughs> <laughs> haven't been doing much of that. But um, I, I was uh, I, I, there. Are lots of these websites online where you can test your typing speed, and um, mm-hmm. and I tested with the old keyboard, and I was getting around seventy to seventy-five words a minute. And on this one, I'm getting about eighty to ninety words a minute. That's an impressive mm. strike rate. Yes, yes. So, uh, yeah. No, my, yeah. No, I'll definitely go try it out. That's, that's from twenty years of, of typing, yeah, story, yeah. staring at the screen. I've, I've got no, it. Up. I know. Every time you type when I'm around, I mean, writing articles and stuff, it's it's unbelievable the way that <laughs> the, the way the words move across the screen because you you literally just hear da 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 da. One of the one of the best things I ever did was go on a on a touch typing course. Um, I went and, and, and learned how to touch type properly. Oh, wow, properly. Um, and uh, it, it was the best training. I mean, it, it's 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 very r- mechanical, rote process. You sit there and they, they make you type things. It's learning your, where your fingers need to go, basically. Yeah, exactly, right? exactly. Um, I mean, it, sta- it starts with, with putting your fingers on the um, F and J keys, your, yeah, your yeah. index fingers, and going from there. But... Um, but touch typing, it's, uh, I can't imagine staring at the keyboard while I'm typing and then looking at the screen and staring at the keyboard and looking at the screen. I just look at the screen all the time and type. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember when, when that switch happened. I didn't get. I, I did a bit of it in school when typing at school was still a thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, for me, it was all just out of starting to write so much. You know, Initially, you kind of… It sort of comes back to yourself. And just you know, now, mm. again, 20 years later, it's, it's just second, second nature. It's like learning to ride a bicycle, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, mm. true. Yeah. But now these… Damn smartphones with their touch screens, you know, that changes everything. <laughs> yes, indeed. You know, I hate typing on a phone, actually. Yeah, I, I was so glad then when WhatsApp uh, became available oh, for yeah. desktop because uh, I was always looking at my phone and trying to type on that little keyboard and always making mistakes. And now I even tend to leave my WhatsApp messages until I make up my desk and then respond. Yeah, 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 I'm the same with any messages. I mean, you can mm. just have so much better conversation. I mean, yeah. it feels like you're wasting your time trying to type a yes. message. And, and with autocorrection and mm. trying to do it in Afrikaans, even with, with um, you know, a keyboard app. What's it? Keyboard app? Uh, I forgot it. Now. SwiftKey. Anyway, SwiftKey, yeah. Mm. Fantastic app, but yeah, still. Still, it's slow. Oh, it's, it's, mm. uh, it's slow. Keyboard's the way to go. Yeah, for sure. And I, in fact, when, when I need to type anything more than 10 words in WhatsApp now, I send a, a voice note. Voice note functionality is so useful. Yeah, I've been getting a lot more of those, but uh, it's, voice notes are weird for me because you can't like you can read a message anywhere, but a voice mm. note you have to wait. Sometimes yeah, you have to wait if you're in a meeting or something. Yeah. Because sometimes they play loud. Sometimes I put it up in my ear, then I listen to it. It's still yeah. I'm still trying to figure it out. Well, my wife and I just use voice notes all the time because um, so, it's so convenient and um, yeah. that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I mean before we'd make a phone call, I'd just send a voice note. Mm. Um, mm. I'm sure the operators aren't happy about it, um, especially <laughs> since I'm often in my Wi-Fi zone and yeah. I'm sending a voice note going over Wi-Fi. My wife's at the office going over their Wi-Fi. So the mobile revenue, voice revenue is disappearing from us. But uh, and, and I've seen it. My, my, the amount of money I spend on phone calls has dropped significantly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Long-lived data. <laughs> Indeed. <coughs> cool. Well, that's our show this week. Uh, as with, oh, Hang on. We're going to do the quiz. The quiz. Do you want to go? Yes. The first question in this week's quiz, which ENCA reporter ended up interviewing people in the street after Jacob Zuma's resignation only to have them use extreme coarse language on national television? If you haven't seen the clip, extremely funny. And the journalist there was Nicholas Power. Which regulatory authority looks set to greenlight Elon Musk's broadband satellite plan? And that's the U.S. Federal Communications Commission. Third question, which Samsung executive has been released from prison following his incarceration in a bribery scandal? The answer is J.Y. Lee. 
And the Mobile World Congress is happening in a couple of weeks' time, in which city does this mega telecommunications event take place, and that's, of course, Barcelona. And the last question, how much money did Uber lose in the 2017 financial year? And the answer is a massive $4.5 billion. Amazing. On revenue of seven and a half. How does a company survive essentially giving away services like this and be, you know, it's... They've got, it, they've got deep-pocketed shareholders, <laughs> is the answer to that question. At which point do they call it? At which point do they say, guys, okay. Well, well, well the we're CEO, uh, whose surname I can't, can't pronounce, I call him Dora K. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Kalenik? No, he's the old guy. You, he's the, he, you guys, Kadawowski or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, he's, uh, he was interviewed by Bloomberg uh, saying that um, they've kind of adopted the Amazon model approach. They're just going to keep pouring money into this thing to grow. So I don't expect uh, Uber to be profitable anytime soon. I guess Uber will need to, yeah. I mean, they'll be a massive company regardless. And I think when that shift comes to, to automation, I mean, that's where we'll probably see a, a bit of a yeah. upsurge there because I think they're playing that long game. Yes. And, of course, we know with Amazon, um, Jeff Bezos is ready to turn on the profit tap at any time. Mm. I mean, he just cuts, he just cuts back on spending and the, and the company jumps <laughs> into the black. Um, and he started to do that the last set of results. And I see that uh, Amazon is now worth more than Microsoft by market cap. Wow. Um, which is massive. It's not that enterprise value, of course. I haven't looked at the debt positions of each company, but um, just purely on market cap, uh, Amazon is worth more than Microsoft, just over $700 billion. Sure. I, still, I still maintain, <coughs> excuse me, I still maintain that Amazon is going to be the first um, tech company, or the first company, I think, with a market cap north of a trillion dollars. Yes, yes. It's either them or Apple, but I think Amazon's going to get there first. Yeah, Amazon is definitely, I think, uh, the, the biggest team engine there. Mm, for sure. As always, if you've got any feedback, info at techcentral.co.za is our email address. Thanks for listening. Until next week, from Rechel and myself, cheers. Ciao, ciao.